I am your host, Mary Beth Smith. Today's episode is with my friend Elliot Serrano, and uh, he discussed his love of Star Wars and his interest in the concept of nerd rage surrounding Star Wars and other nerd properties. Uh, If you're not familiar, nerd rage is basically... Uh, when a fan base for something in pop culture uh, that's typically considered a little, you know, on the nerdy side, the your sci-fi, your uh, fantasy, things like that, um, the fan base of that thing gets upset about something that is uh, going on regarding the property. For instance, uh, the Star Wars prequels is, uh, specifically where, uh, Elliot drew the connection, um, of Nerd Rage and Star Wars. I mean, it can also mean a few other things, um, that in, you know, involving purposefully saying incorrect nerd trivia just to tick off a nerd. Anyway, I know the nerdologues have used that definition of nerd rage in the past. Um, but I just wanted to explain that up top because we use that phrase a lot and uh, want to make sure that everyone understands uh, the concept of nerd rage. Uh, this was a really fun episode. Elliot, um, is someone who I met because he came to see uh, the Multiverse versus George Lucas, the show that the Nerdlogs did in uh, November. That And uh, we talk about towards the end of the podcast um, that that inspired him to uh, choose Star Wars uh, by watching the show, to choose Star Wars and Nerd Rage as as an attachment to that. which I thought was really cool, and he really liked the show, so that was uh, that was nice of him to go on about, and uh, I don't think it was too prodded from me. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, enjoy that. Uh, this has been a great week so far. I've had um, to keep it on the Neurologs uh, topic. Um, I've had just a really good. Uh, past week with with those guys and have really uh i sent them a really gushy email over the weekend um after your stories which if you haven't listened to your stories yet i can't plug it more um yeah after your stories one night um and i just felt like we had had a really good day together as a group of friends so if you'd like to see us soon uh, please come to our Sketchfest show on January 11th at 11 p.m. And that was a masterclass in segues. Uh, I'm not going to go on too much longer uh, because Elliot and I uh, had a pretty long episode to begin with. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you for listening. And here is uh, Red Eye writer and contributor Elliot Serrano. Are, nice. we ro- are we rolling? We are rolling. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we are most definitely rolling. Uh, my guest today is Elliot Serrano. 
Uh, is that how you pronounce your last name? Uh, you, unless you know how to roll your R's. Serrano? Serrano. Ooh. <laughs> nice. yeah. Sexy. Ooh. I'm gonna, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. I'll put a little designation over the R's. Yeah, if you can, if you can roll your R's. That's the way I grew up saying it, but okay. people just had a hard time pronouncing my last name. Which, uh, my, my first name actually is Eliud. Oh, Eliud Serrano. Oh, but no one could pronounce that either. So I, sure. I went total Anglo. I yeah. Anglo size, and it's um, and but but I do have my one pet peeve, is um when you spell my name, you mm-hmm. have to remember it's with two L's and two, two T's. Two T's. Um, all, because it's very common that people spell my name with just one T. Mm-hmm. I actually checked when I was, like, getting everything ready before you came. I, sure. I checked the spelling. I would have used one T, so I'm glad I checked. Which is, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not, it's just a little pet peeve. Yeah, but yeah, it's sure. not like I'm not going to talk to you anymore. <laughs> although, although I will say this, if you are a PR person, I get pitches from PR folks all the time. If you pitch me with just one T in my name, you will. it's a good chance it's going to end up in my trash bin. Because you did not look at my blog. You did mm-hmm. not look at the last email I sent you. Yes. It's all there. Pay yes. attention. Um, I, I but, have a... Uh, yeah. My name is Mary Beth Smith, and it's three words. And I go by Mary and Beth. Um, and it's kind of hard in my email because there's no design, There's no separation between Mary and Beth. Maybe I should start putting a dot in there or something like that. Um but I'll get people just call me Mary a lot, uh, which sometimes people throw them together and spell Mary Beth as one word, which is less annoying to me than when people just use Mary. I don't uh, know. That's, I, that's I, my name, pet my, peeve. I would say my, my first inclination would be Mary Beth. Mm-hmm. That would be, that's what I always got. Like when Kevin introduced me yeah. to you. It's yeah. Mary Beth. Oh, okay. And that's the thing is I'll introduce uh-huh. myself as Mary Beth right. and then sometimes still get Mary. I don't know. I know it's kind of a southern thing to have a double name, but uh, I think Mary Beth is one of the most common ones. Yeah. Well, I have a coworker. Her name's Katie Sue. <laughs> nice. Just Katie. It's Katie Sue. <laughs> Where so is like, she from? Uh, she's like no, she's from she's a Midwesterner. Oh, really? Yeah, she's a Midwesterner. So I don't know where the Katie. Well, she insists it's Katie Sue. So I don't What's know. the uh, origin of? Uh, Elio Serrano. And, well, because I, I I grew up in a small, obviously a Spanish family, and all Spanish families, for the most part, we get our names from the Bible. Oh, sure. You know, it's a very Latin thing. That's why you get so many Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to make a T-shirt. <laughs> I wanted to create a T-shirt with um, Jesus wearing a do rag. <laughs> Saying Jesus loves you. <laughs> yes. And yes. Then, and, and under under in letter uh, under uh, not sorry Jesus loves me. It would be okay. a, it would be a baby doll shirt. <laughs> says, Jesus loves me. With the cap yeah. sleeves. Right. And then but then the underneath would be um, in smaller letters. But my parents want me to date a white guy. <laughs> it's, you know, the whole Jesus Jesus. I song. like it. But yeah, we get our always got our names from the Bible. So my dad was also named Eliud. Eliud oh. is from the uh, from the Old Testament, uh, Hebrew for faithful to God. I used to get that one all the time. <laughs> Talk about a misnomer. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, really. God and I, you know, I don't know if we're on speaking terms right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, and, and all my all of us, all my, all my siblings here, all have biblical names. Gotcha. So, so that's a, just a common thing, especially in Puerto Rican culture. I think they've forgotten that over time. It's not just. Jesus, Carlos, Jesus, Carlos, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of other 
branches out. That makes sense. I was just curious. Uh, cool. Well, we might as well get into it. Uh, Elliot's going to talk to me today about uh, Star Wars specifically, but also the nerd rage that surrounds uh, the prequels of Star Wars and some other... Um... Nerd rage, a lot. there's a lot of nerd rage right now, not just surrounding Star Wars. And mm-hmm. I expect there to be more nerd rage when the J.J. Abrams movie yes. hits or yeah. leading up to it. Mm-hmm. And then, but not only that, I mean, there is nerd rage surrounding almost anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, didn't they? Uh, okay, so Teenage Mutant. I wrote about this for Red Eye once. Uh, the, everyone was angry at Michael Bay. Yes, because he's doing a Teenage he's Mutant Ninja do Turtle. Teenage a- alien. Teenage alien. Maybe. Maybe ninjas. ninjas maybe who maybe knows? Not, yeah. And maybe who knows if they're turtles? Yeah. Yeah. So recasting the Ninja Turtles as aliens. Tons of nerd rage surrounding mm-hmm. that. Um, oh, and what just came down the pike? Ed Helms is oh, yeah. going to do, do a naked, naked, gun, gun. naked Gun reboot. And all oh, nerd rage surrounding that, yeah. too. So, I, 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 it's just getting to the point. And I guess, for the purposes of full disclosure, I get first kind of cut my teeth in the geek nerd community, contributing to said nerd rage with my, uh, sure. my YouTube show, uh, Comic Culture Warrior, where it was okay. myself and a co-host... We, uh, Jose Melendez, who was the, he, I still is, the king of comic book nerd rage. The dude, <laughs> um, the dude is incredible. He's probably one of the most caustic, sarcastic, snarky people really? you'll ever meet. Man, it's so interesting. I do think that, like, nerds and nerd property are, and maybe, I think it probably has a lot to do with the internet, is because they're, you know, those kind of people are the ones who are filling, uh, you know, comment threads and uh, YouTube channels and things like that. And they with, get the attention. Yeah, yeah, with content. So if you give them something to be frustrated about, you'll hear about it. It's like, it's so much useless energy when you think about it. Yeah, I, know. I agree. Uh, look at all the stuff that people get nerdy about and get angry about leading up to it. And does that affect the box office in particular? No, movie? they no. still go. No, yeah, still go. and that's why things like that still get produced. And then, and then you look at all the look at all the properties that had all the positive buzz surrounding yeah. them. Uh, Serenity. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all the with all the buzz that they were trying to. I was going to say almost every Joss Whedon project has always been supported in my one mind. way or another. Well, okay. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. Yeah. Not so much. Uh, and maybe Dollhouse before that, right. too. Right. A lot of people forget that when Dollhouse was on, it was not widely supported by mm-hmm. by, by the nerd community. And then um, I want to say during the time Firefly was on and Joss was dividing his tension between Buffy, mm-hmm. Angel, and, and Firefly, Firefly, yeah. Firefly was not getting the kind of attention that it gets now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah... When you have all that stuff that's supposed to get positive attention, it goes. It really goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. You look at the movies. You know, even the, every time a tr- Michael Bay does a Transformers movie, you hear nothing but nerd rage about it. Yeah, right, Michael Bay is a hack. Michael Bay is a horrible filmmaker. Blah blah. blah. And every time those movies get released, bang, make box office, billions of dollars, all yeah. that money. That's why Michael Bay can make Kinteeks whatever movie he wants. Yeah, you know, and then and then I'm like, I admire that. So I myself don't really. 
dislike Michael Bay as a filmmaker, although I think The Rock is probably his best movie. Mm-hmm. I and think a only, lot of people would agree with that. That's because Sean Connery was in it. Yeah. And everyone knows. <laughs> and that's another one. Sean Connery was in it, and it was well known that Sean Connery and Michael Bay did not get along on the set oh, of that really? movie. And Sean Connery was constantly schooling Bay on one thing or another. Oh. And everyone was saying, oh my God, this movie's going to suck. Bay and Connery didn't get along. You watch it now. Probably the best Michael Bay movie out yeah. there, outside of, let's say, the Bad Boys movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think those are definitely still considered his best. Um, what? Okay, so you said you kind of cut your t- teeth on Comic Culture Warrior. What do you think was the ori- what was the origination of your love for Star Wars? Uh, I I was like every other kid who saw it in the theater. It was something new, it was <laughs> yeah. different, and it was it was like that whole striking. Right place, right time. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, if you created Star Wars today, it would not go. Yeah. Um, certainly not in the same way. No, certainly not. And a lot, I, I this is going to seem really high-minded, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, it seems like an exaggeration, but I equate Star Wars with Christianity. Okay. In a way. Jesus walked the earth. Just happened to happen, right place, right time. I'm telling sure. you, if Jesus walked the earth today, Christianity, pff, dead. No yeah. one would care. Yeah. It wouldn't happen. Certainly it, not in the same way. Not in the same way. Yeah. And it probably wouldn't take and spread as wide as it did. Mm-hmm. There's so much fracturing within pop culture today, outside of just regular culture. If you tried introducing Star Wars today, um, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't take off. Although, I'm going to tell you, if Star Wars doesn't happen when it happens... I'm not sure we have it pop culture happened. that we have today. Oh, yeah, I'm, cool. And I'm not even sure that we even have a lot of the things, like the freaking internet yeah. today. Man, that's a really interesting concept that I don't think I can totally argue with. It really did kind of earmark, especially for the for nerd culture, absolutely the beginning of a huge like revolution. No, oh, definitely. And I, I remember arguing this once with one of the writers for the score, the local um, radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing, I always, every once in a while when I'm feeling particularly snarky, if something <laughs> happens in the world of sports that I like to poke fun at, mm-hmm. I will say reason number 3,402 why Star Wars is better than sports. <laughs> you know? and, um, and I go, the, the thing about Star Wars that to me um, makes it greater than something like, let's say, the NFL. Is mm-hmm. you consider when Star Wars came out, it, it was like a domino effect. Mm-hmm. How many kids got into science fiction because of Star Wars? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. How how many kids um, decided they wanted to do something in the creative arts or in the scientific field because of Star Wars? How many advances took place in technology because of that? We have Star Trek today because Paramount saw how Star Wars did and they decided to relaunch the Star Trek franchise as a series of motion pictures. Oh. And that just set off a whole yeah. domino effect of things. I mean, huh. I always say we probably wouldn't have Star Trek today were it not for Star Wars reviving people's interest in that sort of uh-huh. thing. Now, how many people became scientists because of Star Trek? So it's just it just kept, it's like that butterfly effect yeah. just kept going and going That's and growing cool. and growing. That's cool. So I say how many okay so how many people um well, how many people really got into science and learned uh, worked on the Hubble telescope because they were failed major league pitchers? <laughs> no, probably no, none. No, I mean maybe there's one or two. Right. I apologize to the NASA engineer <laughs> who wanted to who be wanted a, to be a picture and decided well, I can't picture. do this so. 
<laughs> I'm going to go into science instead. <laughs> ah, but I bet you it's because he saw Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I uh, I actually, um, my my uh, relationship to that idea of something fictional inspiring something that you wanted to do um, is uh, when I was in, like, high school, I started watching, I loved the show CSI. I loved ah, it. There you go. I loved yeah. every episode. I loved Gil Grissom. He was so smart and so cool. And I was already had this huge interest in science. I was, um, I wanted to be a chemist at the time. And then I was like, I can be a forensic chemist and I can solve puzzles that are crime puzzles and all this stuff. And, uh, and it got really into forensic chemistry and like read a lot about it and was going to go to school specifically for forensic chemistry, decided to just go for regular chem- for a general chemistry bachelor's degree and um, maybe go to grad school for forensics and then came here and started doing comedy instead, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so... And all those crimes will now go unsolved but... because of your love of comedy. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, I do, uh, work in a lab where we teach, um, chemistry classes and sometimes forensic chemists come in. So I'm still doing some work in that general direction. But yeah, I do think, uh, that we lose sight of how influential, um, big pop culture things can be on, on kids and just on, on people in general. It's like you don't you don't have any window into the reality of those types of things. I don't think. Uh, I mean, how was I as a young person going to actually enter a forensic lab and f- learn about all this stuff mm-hmm. without being inspired to do so by you know this fictionalized version of it? Oh, absolutely. And I that you're, no, you're absolutely right about that. And I think which brings us back you know to the the whole Star Wars thing is that unless you can inspire people um, to have dreams mm-hmm. and you know and show them these are the possibilities mm-hmm. then yeah then things are you know society becomes stagnant you know we don't reach we don't and for the longest time yeah it was through reading it was through books mm-hmm. and i still believe that's the best way to mm-hmm. inspire i think that's the best way for kids to be inspired and luckily every once in a while you'll have J.K. Rowling, yeah, sure. Do Harry Potter, and that inspires kids to read a and, bunch and of gets other their, yeah, their yeah. imaginations going. Yeah, and that yeah. sets the domino effect, you know, into other forms of fantasy and, mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, these days it seems like it, it it comes mostly from television and movies. And, yeah, although it, you know, let's be honest, it's always been like that. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if it wasn't television, it was radio. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, how many kids wanted to be a police? officer because they read uh, heard the dick tracy, dick tracy. On, on the radio they wanted to have adventures like little orphan annie they wanted to be you know the, uh, the shadow yeah you know, you know sure. we had batman today the shadow then radio inspired imagination sure too so it wasn't just i guess you know yeah kids read right. <laughs> i'm saying that but, i read um, a novelized version of csi at some point in high school, like they they came out with CSI. Novels. Yeah, and that that's actually one of the things that really made me a voracious reader because um, I was my dad got me to read comic books, mm-hmm. and then the Star Wars comic books came out, and then the Star Wars novelizations oh, came out. And then cool. now the first Star Wars novelizations, like the very first one um, that was supposed to have been written by um, 
uh, George Lucas was and he was ghost written by Alan Dean Foster who's a great science fiction writer okay that's a great book I mean it reads like a science fiction book yeah yeah um, and then and then after that then he wrote uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye which is also great another great one um, but that, that got me into reading mm-hmm. so again I can see there's a lot of positive from that. That, mm-hmm. that. that does come from that. It inspires. And I think something, to me, that what disappoints me a lot is that too much of the focus is put on the negative and the failures of Star Wars mm-hmm. and the failures of things in nerd culture mm-hmm. as opposed to all the great stuff that it can put from there, from, from that, that launches from there. Mind you, I'm just you. Someone might disagree with me on that too, because <laughs> um, I know folks who work at Lucasfilm. They're great folks. They love Star Wars, and they will talk about how much they love Clone Wars, and they love the prequels, and they love this and that. And and then you come off kind of as a sycophant, you know? You yeah. Come off as like a you know you sold out. Oh yeah. sure, right? No, I mean I'm I'm more I'm definitely on your side. This is even something that I've spoken to um, on the podcast before. Is that. Uh, I I am definitely more of a, like, let's bring things up as opposed to putting things down. I mean, I'm critical of things as much as anyone else. Mm-hmm. I uh, But I more enjoy uh, celebrating and talking about the things that I truly love mm-hmm. and and am a big fan of and, and uh, championing those things as opposed to just spending like you said, the the, the that expulsion of energy just to bring something down and bring be negative down. is so is so counterintuitive to, you know, progressing pop culture and progressing just culture in general. Um, it's it's good to know the things that you don't like. It's good to um, I think it's good to consume uh, in some way, at least like if there's a show that you don't think you'd like, watch the pilot, watch an episode or something like that. So you're at least uh, exposed to it and have an informed opinion on it as opposed to just like you're saying before, you know, before the movie even comes out, just, you know, openly shitting on uh, like Ed Helms in Naked Gun, who know, like uh, you know maybe which will suck. Yeah, exactly, suck. exactly. But Ed Helms, you <laughs> suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, but I'm it's joking. So, I know. I love uh, Ed Helms, but it's but, so yeah. counterintuitive to just say to just have that opinions right out of the gate. Uh, maybe it's counterintuitive of you know to keep rehashing nerd properties in general, but. Yeah, but it, it's also what sells. And, and right. It, 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 that's what you're saying speaks to two things. The first being, and, and this is something over my, again, back to me saying I cut my teeth on nerd snark or geek snark. Mm-hmm. Um, over time, if for you as a critic, even you, I think if you're being open-minded or you're truly open-minded, mm-hmm. you get tired of it. You get tired of trying to figure out the newest way to rip something. Sure. You know? And and one of the things that we did with with Comic Culture Warrior is, um, you know, Jose and I spent a lot of time. We might spend some time ripping it, but I would spend a lot of time like editing our shows because it's. I don't want to just be a rip session. It sure. had to be entertaining. Yeah, too. yeah, absolutely. So it has to be entertaining. But then here's the other problem: is that the, the reality in the inter- on the internet these days is. The negative, like I said, gets more attention. Mm-hmm. I, I, I go back to Comic Culture Warrior. Uh, two instances. One with uh, Comic Culture Warrior and one with more recent with uh, Red Eye. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm geek to me. 
for the Karma Culture Warrior, uh, Jose and I spent a good amount of time, one time just kind of ripping um, an, uh, an issue of Dark Avengers. Okay. Where uh, the Sentry ripped off the head of Morgan Le Fay and um, like killing her effectively. Okay. And it was in a comic book and he technically didn't kill her because she was like this sort of time traveling being that you couldn't kill right. and so on and so forth. But it was this imagery of the, um, the century ripping the head off of a woman mm-hmm. in a comic book. Mm-hmm. And it happened not to, it happened coincidentally around the time that that beheading took place in New York. The, the guy who beheaded his wife, Using a scimitar. Oh God, I don't. I this vaguely sounds. Yeah, it was familiar. a while back, and it was the whole thing about. And again, and the, one of the things that Jose and I would be very sensitive to in comic books is depictions of violence towards women. Sure. So I'm saying any sort of violence towards women in a comic, seeing depictions of rape, anything like that, that is going to get our hackles up, and mm-hmm. we are going to be super critical. We get ape shit. Yeah, over yeah, that. yeah. And yeah. That, that was that time. Yeah. Sure. So we spent That's time. Admirable. That, yeah. So we spent time <laughs> talking about that and um, and a thing that uh, happened on the Ben and um, one of Mark Miller's books. Another bit with uh, implied rape. Okay. Brian Bendis and Mark Miller have very loyal fan bases. They're always talking on the Miller boards, the Bendis boards. Somebody took our reviews of these books, posted them in the Bendis boards, and people went bonkers. All these. Paid all these video views of the show. People were watching it, da, 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 and then spending time ripping us for having our opinions. Wow! Right? And we're like, and at one point, it's like I just got, I wasn't even going def- to. I said I'm not going to go on there and defend myself because yeah. there's really no way to defend yourself no. against people who have already made up their minds. They uh-huh. were they were making arguments about what we were saying. They were misinterpreting what we were saying. And I always say, you can't argue with crazy. So like, I wasn't going to argue with crazy. Go yeah. on, believe whatever you want. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're uh-huh. a couple of dorks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have no girlfriends. We have a girl. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, we're butt buddies. Whatever. I don't care. Say whatever you want. Sticks and stones, I say. Right. Okay, so that went off. So there wasn't a particular episode of... of, of one of Bendis's books that we decided, you know, I even told Jose, you know, we spent so much time ripping him. Let's talk about something we like. Sure. His book Scarlet came out, mm-hmm. a book that he did with um, Alex Maleev, and we, we loved the book. Mm-hmm. And we spent a good episode just praising the book and talking about how positive it was, and we liked it, and it was a great book, and all pra- singing, singing its praises, like you would sing Caesar's praises, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> no one talked about that. Of course no, not. No, no one on the Bendis board said, oh, finally these guys like something. Finally, oh, well, you know what? I agree with them. It was positive here. Oh, yeah, it was a good mm-hmm. kind of Nothing. Because if you didn't, if we didn't have someone generate some sort of friction mm-hmm. and anger, no one was going to talk about Man. it. No one was going to repost it. No one was going to view it. No one was going to get all heated about it. Same thing um, happened more recently uh, with Comic Book Men, that uh, Kevin Smith oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote a review of the first episode, the the, la- the first season, mm-hmm. and I, quite frankly, the first episode I did not like it at all. I'm not and a big Kevin Smith person in general. I like Kevin Smith. Um, you know, he and I work for the same publisher. Oh, really? Uh, he cool. writes comics for the same publisher as I do. My editor even got to me at one point. And goes, dude, why are you so hard on him? <laughs> like, uh, like, uh, you know, I'm just saying uh, the first episode that they aired, I really did not like it because sure. the guys. 
on, on at the secret stash, mm-hmm. with the exception of one guy, Ming, you know, the, the one guy that it seemed like everybody picked on him, mm-hmm. um, they all came across as like self-important douchebags. That's why I've never been so a I didn't, fan I, of Kevin Smith, because uh, he just seems very full of himself. Kind of, yeah. But then, I, 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 I post that review, and oh my god, the Kevin Smith folks came after me. All his fans. Of course. Oh, this guy, oh, you just don't like that. And the comments on that post, when I, on my review, just kept racking up. And I, and again, I don't know why I started arguing with crazy, but I decided <laughs> to argue with crazy. And, and at that point, I was like, forget it. I'm bowing out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Bowed out. In the interest of fairness, I said, you know what? I'm going to watch one more episode. I'm going to watch the second episode. I want to make sure I just didn't go in with a yeah. bias against right. it. Yeah, I mean, that's, it goes back. I think, I think that's absolutely what you have to do. Especially if you're going to be critical of a thing. You have to keep, you know... If you're go- I think if you're going to be critical of a thing, uh, then you're like, okay, I am being critical of the pilot of this show. And you give a disclaimer of, this is the only thing I've seen. But if you want to claim to actually have... You know, been critical of an entire work, then that's what you have to do: is go, go back ahead. and watch that second episode. So I watched so, it. I actually liked it. Right in my review, I said they should have showed this episode first. first. Show these guys being buddies. Mm-hmm. Show me why I should like them. Yeah. Show me how they get along, how they have camaraderie, and then I will get into them like picking at each other. Hmm. Crickets. Of course. Crickets. Yeah. That's Nothing. interesting. No. no. And, oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Brian. I forgot his last name. The the, the dude on the, the guy Hussein. with the beard on the on the show. Um, I haven't seen I had made a comment. I had made a comment on Twitter to it and he responded to me like laughing at me about oh. something. And then um, and then I, I and then he like retweeted uh, some other stuff. And cool. like kind of like again taking his shots at me. Yeah. yeah. And then when I say hey just so you know. Hey, it was okay. Liked it. This is a better review. Got no response. Nothing. Yeah. So, like, oh, see, you guys are uh, now you're you're basically trolling yourself. You just, or you're yeah, yeah. Uh, my, I have a friend from college who recently wrote uh, a piece for I think Slate. I think it was on. I can't remember. He sent me the link about um, the idea of uh, I can't remember what what phrasing he used it was basically like the male version of a manic pixie dream girl so it is i think it was like the manic grumpy uh uh dream fellow or manic grumpy like (laughs) it was really really funny um but it was based on this character from the new girl Mm -hmm. um and i i watched the pilot of the new girl and didn't really care for it so i stopped watching it and uh, how could you? And you're he basically to support women in comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, there's one woman, and then everyone else is a dude. Uh, just because she's the lead doesn't mean that it's creating a bunch of other roles for women. Anyway, uh, that's beside the point. Um, but he uh, he supported the new girl because okay, now, I'm going to pick on you just for a moment before you get go on to your point. Sure. If it was a show with one guy surrounded by, by women. women, would you have been okay with that? But the lead is a guy. I mean, but there aren't any shows like that. I'm just saying, but if it were. If it were. In theory, would you be okay theory, with a show? Sure. Comedy featuring a guy surrounded by women. Sure, yeah. But also, that would be I was angels, a but... little bit tongue-in-cheek <laughs> when, right, right, with, right. The, with the Zoe being the only girl on the show. Like I said, I've only seen the pilot, so I can't even really speak. I've seen I, bits I, and pieces I watch it, then. but my, my, my world goes into a haze when Zoe comes on screen. <laughs> then I hear that song, Dream Weaver. <laughs> 
So you're not really a you're not really a, a critical watcher of the show. You just Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> oh my god, I've been in love with her since Elf. Oh, she was great in Elf. Yeah. One of the best things she's done, probably the best thing. Anyway, anyway, I totally want to sing with her in the show. Uh, that would be amazing, <laughs> <laughs> baby. It's cold outside. Um, so his defense, not defense, but the, one of the reasons he cited that he liked the show was that these he. Uh, could relate to this group of young people being friends and really getting along with one another as opposed to a lot of other cult, uh, um, shows that portray groups of friends really treating each other like shit. Uh, uh, yeah. The guys from yeah. The League, um, the people from Always Sunny. I really enjoy both of those shows, but uh, The League I kind of fell off of because it was a lot of like mm. guys giving each other shit. Um, but he said, you know, that one of the reasons that he likes New Girl is because you can tell that these people are actually friends with one another mm-hmm. and, and, and like spending time with one another. And yeah, they do, you know, rib, but like what group of friends doesn't. Right. Um, so it kind of made me, I, I think that's an important concept to me, which is why, um, uh, Parks and Rec is one of my favorite shows. Oh yeah. Uh, because I think most of the comedy is based in those people liking each other and and they're very you know it's obviously an odd assortment of characters which most shows are you know borderline caricatures of people because if we're going to be watching something a comedy it's usually going to be exaggerated characters right like big bang theory right right, right. um but those but the cast I mean, the cast of characters really does enjoy working with one another. Right. I think that's something that's definitely come out in the later seasons uh, as, you know, ma- weddings and relationships mm-hmm. and friendships in general are all based in positivity as opposed to just tearing each other down. Which you would think they could, like, take that element and put it in back into Star Trek again, mm. where it seems, I know, with the with the... You know, Ronald Moore and Brandon Braga uh, era mm-hmm. in Next Gen and all that. To them, it was the whole, well, you can't have everyone getting along because then there's no drama. Yeah. And like, well, Star Trek was about humanity finally finding that equilibrium. Right. And that now that we've managed to figure out how to defeat war and disease and all these other things, we have decided to expand our consciousness to other things. Uh-huh. But they didn't have the real... I don't know, I guess the, the creativity okay. to be able to say what is the next step in the human condition. Uh, just coexistence. Coexistence. <laughs> yeah. and then, but then, co- then showing other races how to get there. Um, you know, so to me, I've, that's, well, back to nerd rage. I mean, the whole thing with the Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, I'm going to be a total hypocrite about this too. I mean, I know too. <laughs> God, I hated Into Darkness. Really? I really hated that movie. Oh man, this it, is so hypocritical. I love it. it. I know. It was, and it was but the reason I hated it is because it started so strong mm-hmm. and it it seemed like it was taking some real making some really bold choices mm-hmm. and then the entire movie unravels in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. It completely unravels in the last 20 minutes to the point where I hated it because it had showed such potential mm-hmm. and then it just backed out it was like um the episode of family guy where stewie finally kills lois oh yeah and then at the very end you find out it was uh, stewie going through a whole simulation thing right yeah 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 and then brian goes oh so you mean 
Uh, none of that happened. So if someone was following the story and they thought it was real, it was just a, like a big lie. And he goes, yeah, but it was a good story. They should have enjoyed it. And he goes, but Brian goes, you know, you're essentially telling everybody who's been watching up to this point, you know, you're giving them a big middle finger. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's what Into Darkness did at the end. It was like giving Star Trek fans the middle finger saying, F you. You thought we were going to do this, but no, yeah. no, we're not, no, we're Interesting. just, uh, and, and that just really upset me. Sure. Same thing with the Man of Steel. Okay. I didn't see Man of Steel. No, see, the Man of Steel, uh, I, but I know it got pretty, on the whole, pretty negative response. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, I mean, it didn't, I guess the thing about Man of Steel is that it didn't come out at the same time as, say, Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. Iron Man 3... Man, I'm being, I have my own hypocrisy being thrown in my face right now. That was, that was another movie that I kind of like, yeah, I wasn't happy with, but I was trying to look at the positives of it. Yeah. Iron Man 3 pissed me off. Man of Steel, oh, livid, 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 livid. <laughs> this is so funny. Um, I can't believe your nerd ratings were. I'm nerd raising right now. right now. But it was all because they started so well and then they brought me down. It was sure. like, but it wasn't like, you know, it was like, um, I now I know how my dad, my, my mom and my dad always felt with me when I just, I just let them down. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Sure, sure, sure. So that's really how I felt. I don't know if it was okay. nerd rage, so it's like not, nerd yes. That's kind of how I felt. Okay, well, here's my thing. Uh, you wanted to speak specifically to Star Wars, so let's talk. Uh, let's if if you really don't like, you know, these. Uh, you don't like Iron Man three. You don't like Into Darkness. No. I like both of those movies, but I don't have as much invested in either uh, in either you know uh, franchise uh, mm-hmm. as as I'm not someone who's seen every episode of mm-hmm. Star Trek. I'm not mm-hmm. someone who's read every Iron Man comic book. I just like. Those movies, right? And, what and they those are. those movies were made for you. Exactly, they were made for you. Exactly. Yes. Uh, so um, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the Star Wars prequels. Okay, let, let, let's talk about the prequels just for a moment here. <laughs> and I'm gonna I want to bring up the biggest. Let's bring up the Gungan in the room. Okay? <laughs> I get so tired. Of the Jar Jar Binks card being pulled. Like, it's like, whenever you get into a debate about the prequels, Jar Jar Binks, bam! Obviously, yeah. Okay? Absolutely. Jar Jar Binks appeared in the first movie. Mm-hmm. He was a supporting character. Mm-hmm. You didn't see him in Attack of the Clones. He mm-hmm. never appeared in that movie. And he showed up for a brief moment in the last one. Mm-hmm. Okay? Enough with Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Enough. I'm tired of this 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 thing that they just keep hammering. Well, the prequels suck because of Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks wasn't really played a significant role in one of the movies. It wasn't even that bad. And I'm gonna tell you this: Jar Jar Binks gave us Gollum. Oh sure, okay? yeah. The motion capture stuff that they were do they did then is the same thing they used. That, that, that cool. Peter Jackson and 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 James Cameron used late they they took that stuff and they brought took it to the next level with the Lord of the Rings movies and Avatar. Avatar. Mm-hmm. So Jar Jar Binks gave us that. Mm-hmm. So STFU about <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. I'm so tired of that. If you want to pay, and, and and poor freaking Jake Lloyd. This so the kid guy who, plays who the... played Anakin in the first movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. I'm telling you, the kid cannot get a 
break. Uh-huh. You cannot catch a break. They, they call it, you know, they always talk about him, Mannequin Skywalker, the poor kid. And I'm not, I'm not, I remember seeing the movie, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, his performance reminds me a lot of Mark Hamill's in, yeah. in A New Hope. Yeah. It was pretty, like, naive and mm-hmm. childlike and not that many dimensions. Like, yeah, You're not, you're not expecting that much from the kid. Yeah. Just like Luke Skywalker wasn't expected that much in, mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in A New Hope. I mean... When you look at, I remember as a kid going, not really thinking so much that the quality of the quality acting. of the acting in those movies. Right. I mean, when you watch the, you know, A New Hope now, only two people can really act in that movie: Alec Guinness and Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. Yeah. They're the only two. Because when Harrison Ford first appears on the screen, he's like, "Hey, motherfuckers, oh I'm here." Yeah, that's you that's know? so true. That's so true. Because the whole movie up to that point is like, it's definitely a you know well told story and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's like you said, you know, Mark Hamill's just kind of going through the motions. Because that's all he was expected to do. Exactly. He was he had to like play it at a certain level. Mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back starts, and then everyone's game is elevated at yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah. You know, you know, Mark Hamill. Awesome performance. Yeah, he's got to perform freaking with a Muppet mm-hmm. and sell the Muppet as mm-hmm. a wise and he Jedi totally does. Master. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Carrie Fisher is finally given more, you know, more mm-hmm. of a, a personality, more screen time. Um, yeah, and then Harrison Ford, of course, is driving the whole love story at that right. point. Uh, but yeah, so people keep pointing to, to Phantom Menace as this this atrocity. A New Hope. At, at least with Phantom Menace, you have a lot of action in the beginning. Yeah. Whereas when you at, once you get past the blockade runner in the beginning of A New Hope, nothing Slow. happens <laughs> for like forty five minutes. <laughs> uh, like I remember going, wow! I remember now. I remember uh, geek confession. When I saw <laughs> Star Wars as a kid. I walked out of the movie theater going, yeah, it was okay. A New Hope. Yeah. I, wow. It was okay. It was good. Yeah. How old were you? If you don't mind my asking. Uh, that's, a, that's classified. Info. <laughs> when you start doing math, let's just say I was old enough to drink. No, I got <laughs> like, there is no yeah, possible really. way. <laughs> I was pretty young. I was in grammar school at the time. Okay. okay. But then here's the thing. I didn't, it didn't really hit me. Empire Strikes Back is when, that's when I really fell in love with the franchise. Interesting. I was like, this is, this is, and I'm there going, a lot of times when folks say to me, I want to show Star Wars to my kids. Mm-hmm. What movie what should I show order? them first? Yeah. I go, you know what? Show them Empire. Interesting. Show them Empire Strikes Back first. Skip A New Hope. You don't even need that one. <laughs> go Empire Strikes Hope. Back first. <laughs> if your kids get into it then, then, you can then show them, show them A New Hope for the backstory. Yeah. And then after that, show them Return of the Jedi. Because uh-huh. I tell you, for young kids, that first, again, that first half hour, 40 minutes... It's nothing but ex- it's a lot of exposition, mm-hmm. exposition, mm-hmm. exposition, and it's not even like really interesting exposition. Mm-hmm. It's just this, this, and this, and that dialogue that that Harrison Ford is always criticizing. Yeah, you know, that how right, it was right, difficult right. to read and all that. Because by then, you know, when then he appears, that's when the movie really gets interesting mm-hmm. again. Um, Empire, though, from beginning straight through, it just carries you along. Mm-hmm. So then you got to give a kid start with that movie <laughs> if your kids really like it, which they should. <laughs> Then show them a new hope, and then do Return of the Jedi because then at that point they'll then they'll be able to accept the cuddly teddy bears. That's really bears. interesting. And then and then go into the prequels. And then after watch that. the prequels. Then watch the prequels. Uh, I I didn't see any of the Star Wars movies until I was in college. That's my geek confession. Um, I I had a sweet mate who was appalled when she found this out. She kind of was a major. 
she played a really major role in my like uh uh film like my love of film and my like eventual uh feeling you know ability to feel like I wanted to criticize uh and uh for better or worse uh different films and we still have like we would get into pretty good discussions on she's one of those people who uh if she sees something that she doesn't like and she doesn't care how anyone else feels about it, she'll just be like, oh, that movie's shit. Like, and, <laughs> and she'll, have, she'll, to her credit, like, have really specific things to cite that she doesn't like mm. about it. I'm trying to think of the biggest things that she doesn't like, and I, I'm not going to be able to uh, right now on the spot. But she, uh, one weekend, I sat in their room on the floor and watched, uh, I think... I watched them prequels first. Oh, big mistake. I think. Big I can't mistake. remember. Either way, yeah. either way I watched all six movies, whether we whether I watched four to six, one to three. And I really gosh, I can't remember. I, I like the third movie. Uh I did not I wasn't a huge fan of Return of the Jedi. Um uh so that was that was pretty much what it boiled down to. It was like I loved A New Hope and um, uh, uh, Empire, and I, I really liked Sith, and then probably Jedi, and then probably the first two, if I were, like, right. generally ranking them. Yeah, out of all of them, the, the, the my favorite of the prequels is Attack of the Clones. I mean, not Attack of the Clones, uh, uh, The Phantom Menace. Interesting. And I, I had a, I debated this with Marcus Lashock uh, on our blogs once. Okay. And it was the old, which was the best of the prequels? And I said, okay, I'll take Attack of the Clones, which is, you know, right. defending the low ground somehow. I gave him the high mm, ground. I, I, gave think, him... I think that, uh... oh, you took a Attack of the Clones. Even no, no, I, like took a, no I took a Phantom Menace. Okay, I he think took, Phantom Menace he... is better than Attack of the Clones. Well, he took um, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, that's easy. Which everyone Super says easy. is the easiest one. Yeah, everyone yeah. likes that one the most of the yeah. prequels. Yeah, uh, Because it's like dark and tragic mm-hmm. and all that. It has mm-hmm. a great, the best lightsaber battles in mm-hmm. it. Um, but I said, well, the thing to me about, as far as the prequels go, The Phantom Menace, of the three, The Phantom Menace is the one installment that most effectively does the job it was it set out to do. Sure. Which was set up the story. Yeah. Now, it's like the whole, I can tell a joke, <laughs> and I can, I can set up my punchline really well. Yeah. You know, I'm very good at giving you elaborate joke setups. Mm-hmm. I can't guarantee that the punchline is always going to be worth the setup. Mm-hmm. So to me, Revenge of the Sith isn't worth the setup that came from the movies before. Interesting. You know? Okay. Um, so that was that's the way I debated it. Of course, a lot of folks like Revenge of the Sith because, you know, at that point everyone was angry and they just wanted death and destruction. They wanted to see Darth Vader. Although, what was the bit, biggest criticism of Revenge of the Sith was that you wanted to see Darth Vader opening a whoop-ass on the Jedi yeah. in the armor. Right, you wanted right, to see right, him right, right. as Vader in the armor. And then let that be all of... Uh, you don't get to see him in the armor until the very, very end, end you yeah. know, which kind of annoyed a lot of folks. Right. Um, you have to still watch Hayden right. Christensen. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then he kind of like job David Prowse out of, you know, being able to wear the armor for that last oh, yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, Although yeah. I'm pretty, I mean, I don't have any inside information on this, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure the, uh, uh, Hayden Christensen kind of fell on his sword. I think he's insisting that he wanted to wear the armor. Interesting. Instead of letting David Prowse do that scene, because 
at that point, Prowl's kind of fallen out with Lucasfilm at, hmm. at that at, at that juncture. Hmm. Um, so, you know, if I'm going to rank the movies for me, of course, Empire is the best of the classic trilogy. After that comes A New Hope and then Return. Mind you, I love Return of the Jedi. To me, Return of the Jedi um, is near perfect to me with the exception of the Ewoks. I hate it. It's so... It's... it's I mean, it's... I think that goes back to uh, the things that you were uh, really... um, really bothered you about things like Into Darkness and Iron Man 3. I think it's... The whole setup is so good and then the end just totally screws the pooch. It's... It's... Borderline unwatchable after all of that setup. See, I would have... I can... You give me... A few million, and give me the guys from ILM. I can fix Return of the Jedi. <laughs> I can fix it easy. Because then here's what I do. Here's what I do. Here's how you fix Return of the Jedi. All right. Uh, First, you keep the whole thing. You know, if they're going to be Ewoks instead of Wookies, which they should have been. Right. Okay, you're going to keep Ewoks. Fine. You take the Ewoks and you turn them. Uh, by the time you get to the Ewoks, you get the whole bit where. Um, you know, Han and Luke are, you know, they encounter the Ewoks and they think they're these cute little furry bears. Yeah. But then you get a little hint that, that you know, not. these are little vicious motherfuckers yeah, because yeah. they were ready to put them on a barbecue and, right. and eat them. Fine. Yeah. Okay. So just that, you keep it up to that point. When it comes to the big reveal, when the Ewoks are going to overrun, you know, they're going to join the rebels and overrun the, you don't. Have like a hundred Ewoks. I'm talking. You show swarms of Ewoks. I'm talking. We're talking. You go brave heart on this. You get ILM to multiply the number. Like they went to all the other Ewok like, uh, villages in Endor, uh, Lord of the Rings style. Like where Lord they of just Rings take style. like one section and just make just, it. Yeah. A million. And we're yeah. talking. And then the Empire at that point they go, holy shit. And There's... then and, and then but then not only are the Ewoks because at that point. The Ewoks are overrunning the stormtroopers. The Ewoks are also eating the stormtroopers. We're talking there like you see scenes of stormtroopers getting their armor ripped off, and yeah. the Ewoks are like going yeah. into them and like stabbing yeah, them with the spears. That's so true. If and you make t- them actual warriors and actual threats, and that there's more of them, yeah, I yeah. think that's really true. Like in um 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 um, um uh, trilogy of terror. Remember the little the little uh, the little figure that comes to life? No, in, I don't in, know the, what you're talking about. The tri- uh, there's and that shows how old I am. <laughs> you know, the little, the little figure that comes to life and it's like trying to kill Karen Black the whole time. Okay. And, and you know, it's this little thing. And it becomes it goes, terrifying even though it becomes it's terrifying because uh... like, holy, this thing, it's like a yeah. little figure with the with a spear. Okay. But it's going to like stab your eyes out and stuff. Okay. You do that with the Ewoks. You do that with the Ewoks, two things happens. One, you, you kind of narr- you kind of like even out the whole narrative where I don't understand... How if they're stormtroopers and they have armor, I hit them in the head with a rock and they just fall over. Uh, that makes no sense. Awful. Okay. And then and then after that you go, okay, Ewoks are bad mofos. Right, right, These right. are bad little fuckers. And yeah. they're going to come after you. And then you can do like a postscript where you show some some um, clone trooper, you know, retired stormtrooper are back on Tatooine in a bar going, you Ewoks, man. <laughs> they were coming out of the trees, man. They were everywhere. <laughs> Joe was on my left. I turned. There he was. I turned away. Turned back. He, he was, was gone. A, he was gone, man. He was carried away and away. The Ewoks, oh, man. Oh, that's so See? funny. And you do that. 
And that's how you you fix Return that's of the so Jedi. That's so funny. I'm on board, man. Yeah. I'm on board. Someone gives you the rights, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure people would revolt. <laughs> people would be so pissed if they if they ever actually tried to like redo the ending. That's the, the other thing. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Is that people always get angry that Lucas goes in and and is always tinkering with it and fixing yeah. it. Yeah. I remember a while... I know, they were doing this bit. They're saying, well, George Lucas has no right to do it. That, that's another thing about nerd rage, right? Yeah. And now that the movie Star Wars properties, you know, Star Wars movies are out, they belong to the audience, and, you know, Lucas really can't go back. Still he his creation, yeah. It's still his creation. Um, and people would revolt over that. Although, there was this one bit, and it could be... You can't believe everything that you hear on the internet. Um, but there was a talk about them redoing the lightsaber duel between yeah. Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think I heard about that. In A New Hope. They were going to like recast it. They were going to do it, um, do it CGI, make mm-hmm. it look like that. But because the lightsaber duel just doesn't hold up mm-hmm. compared to all the other movies. You mm-hmm. know, it's, Alec Guinness wasn't asked to do a lot of acrobatic moves. And right. at the age he was at, he probably couldn't. Mm-hmm. And George Lucas has already rationalized in his own head that that it worked in the story, you know, and that Vader was just toying with with Obi-Wan at Mm. that point. But they were going to redo it and make Obi-Wan look more athletic and make it look like a really cool lightsaber duel. Um, but I think they just, they abandoned that. Yeah. I could only imagine the nerd rage that would have happened at that point if they had done that. And, and... And yet another special edition that people would be complaining right, about. Right, 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 right. Because there's another, so much, there's so much complaint about the special editions. Another topic that came up in the uh, multiverse versus George. Lucas. Multiverse versus George Lucas, which was hilarious. Oh, cheeseburger! Oh my god. Uh, I'm really glad you liked it. Um, you said before we started recording that that was one of the reasons that you decided to. Speak about Star Wars about and Nerd, Nerd Rage. Yeah, Nerd Rage, yeah. Because it, it's, to me, I think that's one of the positive things about Nerd Rage. Because mm-hmm. if I get a friggin' entertaining show, like the mm-hmm. multiverse like versus George Lucas, mm-hmm. Rage All You Want. Oh, yay! You, was, <laughs> You've given us your blessing. Yeah, oh, no, you guys, I was... <laughs> Dying. I was. Aww. I really. I really enjoyed the show Thanks, a man. lot. So I don't want. I don't want it to seem like if I'm down on nerd rage. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just down on the show. No, I. I don't take it that way yeah. at all. Because uh-uh. the show was. Hilarious. And the thing is, there. Uh, I. Do, while I do think that there are like, I think each member of the group has a specific thing that they do nerd rage about, but none of us. I don't think. I think most of the reason that we write things like that is as a response to people who do have nerd, nerd rage. rage. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's 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 more about like you're saying like producing something creatively via those kinds of ideas. And it resonates with people. Right. Because then right. I know that crowd that I saw it with that night, all the jokes were hitting. Yeah. Everybody was getting it. It was, was great. Like, and I was sitting there, there were two things that happened to me. One, because I was splitting the gut, I was dying. <laughs> and the other one was like, I was kind of ashamed of myself in a way. I was going, I get every joke. I even, I even got the Jane Goodall jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm there going, what have I done with my life? <laughs> Everything here resonates with me. It's no, perfect. You're like our ideal audience member. See, there it was. And I go, oh, God. No. They've come into my subconscious and they've written, they've written this for me. Oh, no. Uh, I thought that door was closed. There's a, 
real quick moment before I ask one last question that does have a lot to do with that idea of creating um, content surrounding this idea. Um, before, like, a, a week or so before that show opened, um, Crystal Sul Skull came up. And we didn't have any jokes in the show about mm -hmm. Crystal Skull, I don't think. And um, <laughs> Joe Gennaro, who played the lead right. in Multiverse, just went off. Not about the film in general, but about the, like, uh, about how much uh, they changed the idea that, like, Christianity in the arc was such an important concept in the first three films, and then it became, like, about... I can't remember exactly what that he went off about. That became about aliens. Right, blah, right. Blah, and blah, he, blah. he just went... And I've never seen him nerd rage like that, and we all just kind of, like, turned to him, and he was like, sorry, I'm pretty passionate about that. Joe, Joe is an incredibly gifted performer. I was really moved by his monologue. Aww. I even told him that afterwards. That's great. But he can never be so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Joe. I'm gonna point him. Sorry, to this. Joe. You are so wrong. You're so wrong. I, I that was another bit. Okay, because I am. I think even more so. My two greatest passions mm -hmm. are Star Wars and Indiana Jones. And then, oh, this is another thing too. I did not see Raiders of the Lost Ark. I saw it the first time I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. I saw it on a pirated VHS. Wow, that's when I first saw it. Uh -huh. I remember when it first came out. I never got a chance to see it. I saw it on a pirated VHS tape. I saw it at my best friend's house, and we were sitting down. He had never seen it either. Had you seen? Had like. Temple of Doom come no, out? That, no, after that. Okay, no, okay. seriously, after that, I was one of those guys first showing at the theater every oh, time after that. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but no, but Raiders I saw on a pirated VHS in his house. We had, both, neither of us had seen it. So we're sitting in his living room and he's watching it. And I was going, holy crap, this movie is funny. It's great. It's got action. And then the bit when Indy shoots the swordsman, you yeah. have to keep repeating it. Because yeah, yeah, he said, yeah, yeah. oh, we got to see that again. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. for me, yeah. being able to stop it and go back and watch it again and again and that again. That made it even more. Made it even more. So then, and then we get to the end, the great Steven Spielberg ending, The Wrath of God Destroys All the Nazis. Mm -hmm. and on. You know, at that point, I just was riveted by, by Indiana Jones. Unlike Star Wars, where it took a second oh, yeah, installment yeah. to really get me in. But you were, I think being older does help you get... Like as a kid, I don't know. Yeah, Empire and yeah, in, in Empire and Raiders came out around the same time. Okay, that's true. Because then I do remember after seeing um, Raiders and Indiana Jones, um, uh, Temple of Doom. Mm -hmm. By the time you get the Han Solo in the third movie, I'm like, you already feel. I'm there. He's it's Harrison Ford riffing on Indy now. He's right. like doing doing these quirky lines. He sounds more like Indy than he sounds like Han Solo. Interesting. So. Um, Sorry, so the thing about the Indiana Jones movies is that they're also a progression. Uh-huh. And I always, you know, so many people get caught up on the religious part. Yeah, I mm -hmm. know. Um, <laughs> you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark was Judaism. Mm -hmm. um, 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 Temple of Doom was um, um, Hinduism. And, and uh, Last Crusade was Christianity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so, you know... The Holy Grail is not mentioned anywhere in the Bible. Um, it's it's not even, you know, it's all fable, mm -hmm. but it is based in that. Mm -hmm. Fine. Okay. So all the MacGuffins of the Indiana Jones movies <laughs> do have some sort 
a basis in the belief of a higher power, right? Sure. So I know this is why Joe had a big right, issue right, because, right. you know, <sighs> maybe went, I went to, I almost went to seminary myself. Really? Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so you get the crystal skull. What religion do you have left? You've hit all the big ones. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. And let's face it. The Muslim religion's kind of touchy. You know, if if it was like the cloth of Muhammad, oh boy, now you're going to have people, you know, like riot in the streets and stuff. You can't touch any other religions. There are Mm -hmm. none left Mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. That would be major enough to make such a focal point point. like that. So what was left? Chariots of the gods. (laughs) You know, what was that? That was the big religion. I remember, you know, even before when Star Wars came out, what was the big thing? That... That Earth was created by aliens. That uh-huh. life here began out there. That was the whole thing with Battlestar Galactica, the, sure. the spinoff from Star Wars. I call it a spinoff. They weren't really spinoffs, <laughs> but let's face it, Battlestar Galactica wouldn't exist were it not for Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the coming full circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, so you have you have to open it up to other things because mm-hmm. let's face it, if you're an atheist. The Lost Ark, the, the Shankara Stones, and the Holy Grail are just no, as fictional. Yeah, yeah. Don't mean anything to you, just like aliens from outer space. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, inner space. Yeah. Interspace. Interspace. So, I, yeah. I, I don't see, to me, the Indiana Jones movies being, that the Crystal Skull being about extra-dimensional beings isn't Doesn't. that huge a leap for me mm-hmm. because it's it another kind of is thing. already... That's what the other things are, too, essentially. Exploring ideas of our origins in culture and belief systems and all those things. Yeah. I didn't mean to open a can of worms, but I knew you'd be able to. Joe, you're wrong. I'm sorry. (laughs) I knew you'd want to say that. I only cut him slack because, you know, his girlfriend's really hot. She is. Great girl. Really hot. She's awesome. I know know her from the burlesque shows. Oh, cool. Uh, As uh, to close it out. Um, I would love for you to speak to, uh, obvious, I mean, uh, some of this is going to be really obvious things that you've already touched on a little bit, but, uh, just to wrap it up, how do you feel like, um, Star Wars, uh, and let's throw in, uh, the concept of, um, of Nerd Rage as we've spoken to it a, a lot. How do you feel like those things have influenced, uh, one, your life in general and two, your creative endeavors? Man, that that's loaded. Actually, I'm sure it and is. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say things are going to come across as incredibly corny. <laughs> no, I love yeah. that. I, I mean, we get some corn sometimes yeah, some in, corn. in this in this portion of the cast, yeah. but I, I like yeah. st- I love stuff like that. Right. So please, I mean, it's like I, I, to be perfectly honest, and it, this is a story. The story I have is not unique in any way, and there's so many. I'm sure parrot this, and they're going to hear this and go, "Hey, dude, just like me." First, that's why start, we do yeah, it. That's so why we do that it, right? people know that right. there's other people, people. like that. Mm-hmm. So Star Wars came in my life, happened just the right time. Mm-hmm. Perfect time for me. And there were I was going through a period in my life when being able to escape from things like Luke Skywalker did was just what I needed. Sure. You know, and there are a lot of times, you know, I hear whenever I go to conventions and I'm like hosting these conventions with these stars from different shows yeah. and movies and people get up and they, the, the only thing they want to say is, hey, thank you so much for doing this because I was going through a really hard time in my life cool. and doing what you did kind of helped me through it. Yeah. Star Wars is totally that. Awesome. So that was a huge thing for me. And and there was so much about those those characters that really resonate with me. This came up in therapy once. <laughs> 
that, you know, um, I remember the two characters I've always related to, the, the ones I've always wanted to be, I've, my entire life I wanted to be Luke Skywalker. Why? Because he was a kid who grew up in a sheltered environment, felt secluded from everyone else, had very few friends, mm -hmm. all his friends were leaving, going on mm -hmm. to bigger things, and he dreamed of adventure and flying off and traveling and seeing the galaxy. And I was like, I want to be Luke Skywalker. And to me, Return of the Jedi I love because you get to see him finally take that, the conclusion of his spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. Indy <laughs> appealed to my older self. Yeah, sure. Because um, Indy represents to me the, the need to search for things beyond me. Cool. You know, he's always a pessimist. The thing that always gets me that with Indy... He's like he's he was like freaking Scully, Agent Scully before yeah. there was an Agent Scully. Yeah. He goes in a total pessimist, like with the Lost Ark. Oh, come on, that doesn't exist. Yeah. Eh, power of God, please, whatever. Yeah. And it always gets you. Is like he has all these adventures to show him. You know, there is a greater thing than him. Uh huh. Um, but every with every new adventure, he's still a pessimist about it. And mm -hmm. I think for me, I relate that to more more because I do believe in things greater than myself. I believe that the universe is just this thing that you can't even quantify sure. and understand. And it's much, much greater than me that you want to reach out and touch in some way that I probably never will. Absolutely. Um, but you'll always, I always want to search for it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then he gets to travel and then he gets like a new girl. Never knew. So, <laughs> uh, I like that, that with, with having those characters for me um, and having, being able to kind of like, um, articulate the way I feel and process different emotions Absolutely. and different things that I've been through through them. And I mean, not perfectly. I mean, Indy, let's face yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Indy's a horrible parental figure. Uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a chauvinist. He's, mm -hmm. He sucks at relationships. You know, <laughs> explains a lot for me. Wow, I'm having like a moment right now. I'm having a moment. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I am like Indy. I am like Indy. Uh, <laughs> But having those characters there for me kind of like made a huge impact. And and not only that, but like, like I said, with many kids who grew up in that era, it got me into other things. Mm -hmm. Star Wars got me into science fiction. I started reading science fiction because of Star Wars. If it weren't for Star Wars, I probably would have never discovered uh, Robert Heinlein. I never would have discovered uh, Philip K. Dick. Yeah. I never would have discovered a lot of the science fiction writers of that time that also influenced me. I never and would have discovered... Inspired you to yeah, be a writer. To be correct? a writer. Yeah. To want to create things. Um, my To this day, my, my great... If anyone from Lucasfilm is listening to this, my greatest <laughs> ambition now is I really, really... I would love, love, love to write a Luke Skywalker story and I would love to do an Indiana Jones story. And cool. I have these, like, I'm, these are like yeah. my precious gems. Yeah. You know, that I'm not sharing with anyone. I'm not even telling you what the ideas are. Sure. But I do I have an idea. I expect you to. I, say, I have an idea for a Luke Skywalker story that would be essentially my experience through the eyes of Luke Skywalker cool. when I was a kid. Yeah. Ah, crap. I said too much. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then an Indy, I have a new MacGuffin for Indy. But, cool. but to me, because they've meant so much. It's the Mojave thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, they're gonna be protesting. Oh, I do not need. I'm gonna be branded an infidel. There's gonna be a fatwa on me. I am gonna be in so much trouble after that indie story. Yep. But but to answer the question, I don't think I would be the person I am today were it not for indie and Star Wars and and all and just that that whole thing there. So to me, I I owe a greater debt to that. Mm -hmm. I feel more. I I can never feel more 
I can only feel more positive about it than negatively. Because so many people, again, you know, uh, are in my shoes. But they just get all caught up in, the, well, the prequels sucked. Mm-hmm. You know, you know why you hated the prequels? Because they weren't the story you wanted to tell. They weren't the story you imagined in your head over the years of what taking place. You know what? I feel sorry you feel that way, but guess what? It was George Lucas's story. Yeah. That's the story he wanted to tell. Sure. So, uh, the, would you have preferred that somebody else done it? Well, I'm going to tell you, if, if you didn't like it when somebody else did it, the argument would have been George, George Lucas, Lucas should have done, should have done it. it. Right. They right. took control of his, his property. Right. Now, that's where now these new sequels coming up are going to be like. Oh, and, and I'm hearing all this crap yeah. about, well, but George Lucas shouldn't be involved in it. Come on. It really? Yeah. It's, it's his story. Yeah. So, to me, the guy has earned the right to tell the stories he wants. If I don't like him, I don't like him. I don't have to watch him. Yeah. I don't have to read him. I don't have to buy them. That, and that, that, to me, that is the greatest hypocrisy about nerd rage. <laughs> I'm going to bitch and moan and complain about this movie, and then I'm going to go see it. <laughs> I think that's. Uh, I think that'll do. And, and I mean, obviously, uh, you're you've been incredibly influenced by these uh, creatively. In you know what the you know geek to me everything about what you're I wouldn't doing be doing this if it weren't for that. I'm all associated you. with it. I wouldn't. I don't know who I would be if it weren't for that. I have that's no really idea cool. who I would be. That's really really cool. Oh, I like that a lot. Man. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I need to make a copay right now. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see the receptionist. Uh, do. do you have my, my, blue, my uh, insurance card? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have your Blue Crush Blue Shield. We're getting, uh, we'll, we're getting that cleared away. It'll, we'll, we'll bill you in the mail. Bill you? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, the thing I say <laughs> appropriately <laughs> after that, uh, the thing I say at the end of every podcast is uh, that I love you and I mean that. Well, thank you. And the feeling is mutual. Excellent. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.